A shark is a primordial design. A torpedo built to catch and shred prey. These cold black eyes, like a doll's eyes, are nothing but dark pools of basic rudimentary instinct, right? Well, some sharks are built differently than their kin. The mako is one of a few fish with an interesting adaptation that is foreign among other fish. These hot-blooded predators of the temperate ocean have an ability that gives them an edge against their most elusive food sources. Sometimes the only way to survive is to chase down and catch life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, visit Cassie Michelle on YouTube. And today we're talking about a tooth torpedo that's faster than a speeding bullet. But not actually. But it's fast. In that one... And it's not... I mean, if bullet is really fast. In that one little uh, phrase, you've you've touched on all three of my nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, nicknames for what? The nicknames are for the shortfin mako shark, which I didn't even know there were multiple right. mako sharks. I thought it was just the mako shark, but nope, there's a short fin and yeah. a long fin, uh, and they're apparently very different. Yeah, it's really weird. Especially in fin length. <laughs> and the Mako Shark is the uh, the mascot for Nova Southeastern University, so that's how I knew about it. Also, I thought it was this, uh, like, the most dangerous shark you could possibly come across, but we'll talk more about that later. Uh, it's also called the Blue Pointer, which sounds like a fun dog. It does sound like a hound, yeah. Because um, a pointer is a, is a, is a hound. Um, and it's also and called the Bonito like Shark. Blue hounds too. Blue tick hounds. Yeah. Um, which sounds like a dog you don't want in your house. A blue tick hound. <laughs> um, it's also called the Bonito Shark, which means it's gorgeous. It's a very handsome. <laughs> and man. Very uh, handsome. Very muy guapo. Not actually. It eats bonitos, which are it, all, all, also devish, devilishly handsome little bait fish. Um, we're gonna call it here. The speedy, greedy feedy machine. <laughs> um, like the it. tepid tank, which okay. we'll get into more later, and the silver bullet. Nice. Silver bullet is just what I would uh, name myself if I was a Mako shark. <laughs> it's like, hey, Ted, no. That would be your game. I am the silver bullet. <laughs> like, we're not calling you that. We all have regular shark names. Yeah, that would be my gamer tag. Because <laughs> I kill werewolves. Um, let's taxonomize this guy, shall we? We shall. It is in a kingdom. You know it. You love it. You're in it. You got to have it. You love it. It's the kingdom Animalia. Uh, the phylum is Chordata. has a spine. The class is not Actinoptergy. Despite it being a fish, it's actually chondrichthys, which we mm. remember from the uh, manta ray episode. Uh, these are bony fish, so basically sharks, rays, and skates. Uh, or sorry, not bony fish, car- cartilaginous fish, the opposite. Bony fish are, actin- are actinoptergy. Man, 
I can't speak today. Um, the order is Lamniformes. Uh, the family is Lamnidae. Uh, the genus is uh, Azurus, which I think is Greek for Azurus heck, don't want to swim with a mako shark. <laughs> uh, and the species is Oxyrhynchus. Oxyrhynchus. So Azurus Oxyrhynchus. Yeah, that's about as close as I can get uh, for the shortfin mako shark. But since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show, Critter Groups. Part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? We're going to do sharks. What is the term of venery? Or what is the collective noun? It's all the same thing. So, uh... You got a group of sharks together. Would you call that A, a shiver of sharks? Would you call it B, a raft of sharks? C, a frenzy of sharks? Or D, a charge of sharks? Well, it's called the frenzy when there's they're going crazy eating something. A feeding frenzy, if you will. So that's definitely something that is used to describe sharks. I used to have a book-themed, fish-themed shirt called Reading Frenzy. And it was just a bunch of fish reading books. (laughs) Sounds like LeVar Burton definitely needs to be reading the Reading Frenzy. (laughs) So I'm going to go with Frenzy. Final answer. Incorrect. The answer was Shiver. It's a shiver of sharks. Swell. Because you know how sharks are so well known for shaking shaking in their boots? And being (laughs) just so cold all the time? Well, we might shiver and shudder at the sight of them. That's true. Uh, Especially at the sight of a group of them. Uh, So then they should have been called a pee-my-wetsuit of sharks. (laughs) <laughs> it's a good thing it's a wetsuit, not a dry suit. Yeah, I know, because then it's then it be- immediately becomes a wetsuit. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I remember the you remember screaming frenzy. That was a term of entry. I can't remember what animal it was for, and I typed it in, and it turns out there's a wine called screaming frenzy. So I'm just never gonna <laughs> find out. I think it was oh, it was the swift. Oh, that's the, right, the palm swift. Um, One of the few like binomial venery names binomial terms of venery we're getting we're getting good with the terms here all right let's talk about where the mako shark lives um it's everywhere it's just the ocean except for the arctic parts it's the entire range of the orca except without the cold zones so uh Tropical, subtropical, and temperate. Yeah, I mean, it'll go as Water. as far as Canada um, and as far south as Chile. But it's, it's, most of the, it's most of the ocean. Obviously, no landlocked seas, but um, it hangs out in the Mediterranean. It's just, it's everywhere. Um, so let's talk about what it looks like. Let me paint you a picture of this shark. Well, paint a picture of a shark and you're done. Um, It's (laughs) very sharky. Can I say that? Yes, I can. Um, It's it's very, it's very, it's your 
prototypical shark. It has a slim tubular body. Um, it has a sharp pointed snout, large black eyes, uh, devoid of soul or feeling. Uh, like a doll's eyes. Like a doll. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't believe I forgot to mention Quint. Um, it has an extremely janky set of like a thorn bush of teeth in its mouth that like with no rhyme or reason they just stick out in all different directions it's just it's just like a sea urchin for gums um so that's pretty intimidating and um it's counter shaded which if you remember with uh especially a lot of animals that live in the ocean uh they have will have darker tops and uh lighter bellies so that when you're looking down they blend in with the darkness of the deep, and when you're looking up, they blend in with the light of the sky. So they have a silver back and sides um, and a white belly, which is something you will see in most sharks that do not live at the bottom of the sea. Very true. So I guess the only way to determine, the really, really find out the difference between this shark and others is to figure out how big it is. We should probably compare it to other sharks. That sounds like a good idea, right? I I have a kind of a better idea. Let's compare it to something ridiculous. Welcome. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a good idea. I like that. Let's um yeah, that'll definitely get the the right idea across. Uh, welcome to the beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show that's presented when we do that when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family it's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying singing or chittering the words measure up into ld taxonomy at gmail.com we have a new measure up intro this week do we i'm excited uh, it's comes again from the wizard gandalf Did, do you remember the last time the, gandalf has just been a real pal here well last time he sent he rickrolled us oh that that's never mind Never mind. But he wrote, uh, when sending in his measure up, he wrote, my apologies for my previous submission. Saruman hacked my account. Go in, go in peace, he says. Yeah, yeah, this better not be a second Rickroll. Otherwise, I'm going to tell him to fly, you fools. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Measure up. <laughs> Whoa! Actually, put "fly you fools" in there. <laughs> yeah, he did. I'm a prophet. <laughs> I know. I'm very sad that like this is like right out. So the, his final words as the as the gray were "measure up." Right. I mean, unless he said something to the Balrog as he was uh, that's stabbing true. Like, it and stuff. like I hate you. Like hey, I hate you. I, <laughs> you were my brother, Balrog. <laughs> I loved you. Uh, thanks, Gandalf. The I, the wizard Gandalf. Um, hot hot take. Anakin didn't turn into Darth Vader. He became the Balrog and like sank into the lava. And into this. Uh, I mean, it's also a long time ago. Just in a galaxy right here. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, the wizard Gandalf. Your contributions uh, to both this podcast and Middle Earth are unparalleled. Very true. Okie dokie, let's get into it. Let's talk about length. They're about 3.2 meters. 
or 10 feet. That's a lot. So, how many mako sharks go into the length of a square acre of land? So, if you have a, an acre, which is normally a rectangle, if you if it was a square, how long would it be? Are you... Is this some sort of... Are, this isn't ridiculous. I mean, it's not... I'm confused. This is so weird. Okay, here's a hint. In the UK... Uh, in the 19th century, the swing riots broke out over poor wages and unemployment for of farm workers. Between 1770 and 1830, six million acres of formerly common land were enclosed, which means it was absorbed into larger owned farms. The riots also had to do with a new the new use of threshing machines, like the shark which made it so fewer workers are needed to complete a harvest. The Swing Riots were named after the fictitious Captain Swing, who is not a jazz musician, and instead uh, who is a fake person who would sign threatening letters to officials and farmers. Ironically, the riots ended with 19 hangings, so Swing was correct, uh, along with 644 imprisonments and the sending of 481 people to Australia. So, here's the real hint. An acre is traditionally a rectangle that's equal to one chain by one furlong. What does this have to do with the mako shark? Is it the threshing? It's. I mean, it's a, the thresher well, shark, a thresher is, shark also a which shark. is very closely related to the mako shark. Oh, oh my. Okay. Um. <laughs> Whenever it's from all over the place, I, there's no like country to zero in on. To, to learn facts about. So we're just going to learn. I started reading about the swing riots and I was like, I want to, I want to talk about the swing riots. Okay. I guess it's your segment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if an acre was a square would go into the length of an acre. 10. No, 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 no. Cause I live on a quarter of an acre. So I'm going to go with, 20 I think it's I th- 20 sharks yeah I think an acre is 200 feet by 200 feet I don't know final no, answer probably wrong but sure yeah the correct answer was 20.8 sharks no <laughs> a square acre is about 208.71 feet by 200 you you get it. It's a square. nice. Uh, it, the a square or an acre in general is like four thousand plus square square yards. I think. I don't understand the math because this doesn't add up to what a regular acre is. So, I it's on Wikipedia. Don't ask me. I just I I know that I live on a basically square quarter of an acre. Um, and I know that it's a, a hundred feet by a hundred feet ish. So then I just multiplied that by two. So yeah, to get the yeah, nice job. Hooray! We know we know more about acres and uh, and eighteenth century hangings. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about weight. Um, there's a little bit of sexual dimorphism, and the female is actually a little bit bigger. Uh, in terms of the the mako shark, 
thereabouts, but the average Mako is 60 to 135 kilograms or 132 to 298 pounds. We are, as always, going with the upper end of average, so that's 298 pounds, 135 kilograms. How many Makos go into the weight of the Titanic center anchor? Not its aft anchor, or its fore anchor, the center? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a bummer, because I, I know the, down to the gram how much those other two are. <laughs> uh, well, here's a hint. The anchor was the largest hand-forged anchor at the time. It measured 15 feet in length, and the anchor was produced in pieces by three different companies. Hand-forged. You ever wonder why ice cream companies say that, that it's hand-scooped ice cream? Like, I don't care if it's hand-scooped ice cream. It doesn't make it taste better. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to say that it's 30,000 pounds. Because I seem to remember that we did a measure up about an anchor before. Um, and this is about 300 pounds. So I guess the answer would be uh, 1,000. No, wait, 100 right 100 sharks mm, yes 100 sharks the correct answer is 53.6 oh sharks. so it's 15,000 pounds ish the anchor was nearly 8 tons which is 16,000 pounds yeah oh. I guess I, I, I gave the uh, I gave that time period too much credit when it came to anchor weights I always do. <laughs> always. It's my I think we've talked about the largest anchor yeah, ever before. Probably. That's all I had to go on. <laughs> Okie dokie, you got any fast facts? I do. All right. So the Mako shark has a pretty expansive diet. It'll eat almost pretty much anything it comes across. Um, but it loves cephalopods, mackerels, tunas, bonitos, as we mentioned, because it is the bonito shark, swordfish, other sharks porpoises, sea turtles, seabirds, basically, like I said, anything that can fall into its sea urchin of a mouth. Um, swordfish are particularly dangerous because they are as large as mako sharks, and also they have a sword, uh, which is just, you just don't want to mess with that. Um, so they've sometimes found mako sharks with uh, swordfish swords impaled in them. Uh, they are oh, mako sharks are voracious predators. Uh, they ambush from below. Um, so I guess if all that swordfish has to do is look down for a second and suddenly the mako shark has a nice sword in the face. Um, they use smell and vision to hunt rather than electroreception like the great white shark. Um, and like most sharks, the mako is ov ovoviviparous. Ovoviviparous. There we go. That's the right one. It gives birth to live young, just like the we talked about in the manta ray episode. Um, so the 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 egg is fertilized and then hatches inside of the female, and then the uh, the young shark emerges afterward. Uh, Mako sharks can live to be about thirty two years old in the wild, uh, and they have a really high brain to body ratio, also like the manta ray. So they're relatively intelligent, and they are fast learners. And uh, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, I always thought they were like the most dangerous shark you could run into. 
So whenever someone would be like, oh, the great white's like super, super dangerous. I'm like, no, the Mako shark's way more dangerous. Um, but it turns out there's only nine recorded attacks and one fatal attack ever uh, from Mako sharks. So I was always like afraid of, uh, you know, because growing up in on, on the beaches of South Florida, um, like just on the beach, I just had like a little hut. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but... <laughs> I, I always in my kid brain was like there's there's just mako sharks patrolling out there near the sand drop off so we definitely need to not go there i'm not afraid of great whites but i'm definitely afraid of makos i thought it was the bull sharks well i hadn't known about bull sharks then um, i didn't realize <laughs> that they could like they could live in fresh water and that they were in the illinois river <laughs> So, uh, yeah, definitely now I would have to say that bull sharks would be the, if I had to pick a shark to be afraid of, it would probably be the bull and then the tiger and then, and then the great white and then the Mako and then like a whale shark, probably just for accidentally swallowing me (laughs) or bumping into you and crushing (laughs) crushing my legs. Um, well, yeah, that's it. Uh, That's all the fast facts. Do you have any, anything major to talk about or minor? I I do. I'm calling this major fact, the hot blooded hot rod. So, most sharks. First of all, strap in because we've got a we've got some distance to cover, and we don't got Mako's speeds. So here here we go. Most sharks are ectotherms, which means they're cold blooded like other fish, rep, and also reptiles and amphibians. Ectotherms uh, depend on their environment to regulate their body temperatures. So they're found in the greatest diversity in warm regions. That's why you find most sharks in tropical or subtropical waters. Uh, There are Arctic sharks like the Greenland shark, which is also an ectotherm, but it it survives by adapting to an extremely slow metabolism. And we've talked about that. And you can click on the link to on this episode to go and listen to that. But they're... They they all they're also some of the slowest swimming fish in the ocean, so there's some give and tank to give and take. <laughs> Shark tank. <laughs> uh, give and take to being an ectotherm in a cold place, but uh, a few sharks, including great whites, are endotherms, which means that or endothermic, which means they're warm blooded. Hmm. This allows them to self-regulate their body temperature. Uh, which allows them to enjoy cooler climates. Uh, the great white can be found all over the ocean from Alaska to southern Argentina. Our friend the Mako has a somewhat bigger range or smaller range than the great white, but it has a much bigger range than most ectothermic sharks. Uh, but it still prefer- prefers warm and temperate water, but it can be found all over the place, like you said. However, its warm blood may lend itself to something else, which is high-performance swimming. Same. So before we get into that, let's talk about... So, like, when we say they're warm-blooded, they're not... Their systems aren't exactly the same as, like, mammals and birds, which are also warm-blooded. Humans and other mammals and birds with warm blood have very different bodily systems to fish, especially cold-blooded fish. So your blood flows from your heart to your organs and back again a hobbit's tail. Then it's sent to the lungs to be oxygenated and then back to the heart to be distributed. The cardiovascular system and respiratory systems 
are two separate but connected systems. Uh, in fish, it's all one system where the heart pumps blood to the body, then through the gills and directly back into the body. I'm loving so loving like this a... blood conversation. <laughs> well, I'll get used to it. This is a very bloody. Uh, but it's all where it's supposed to be. That's good. I like blood where it's supposed to be. Uh, so cold-blooded sharks um, do generate their own heat in their m- swimming muscles. But these muscles are on the outside of their flanks and close to the skin where most of the heat is lost to the ocean like Wilson the volleyball. Poor Wilson. Warm-blooded sharks have swimming muscles that are buried in their bodies, which keep them warmer longer. Mm. So their their primary swimming muscles are in, in the middle of their bodies rather than on the the edge close to the to the water. Uh, Makos have more red muscle, which is more powerful and requires more oxygen than white muscle. Uh, to supply this type of muscle, endothermic sharks have a white have wider arteries that direct blood inwards to their swimming muscles. So their special their special network of arteries is called Reet Mirabile, something like that, which means like wonderful net or something. I forget what it translates to, but it it's like a wonderful little net of arteries. That's what I'm going to tell the next fisherman I see. I'm going to say Reet Mirabile, <laughs> and he's like, what? And I'm going to say, you know, <laughs> you know, you heard me. <laughs> Don't you speak a good net language? Don't you speak net language? Uh, so, do you know the difference? I know you like to talk about this, but do you know the difference between a vein and an artery? Um, let's pretend I I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Arteries carry oxygen, oxygenated blood to, uh, to the where to the muscles, and then veins carry oxygen depleted blood back to the heart. Yeah, great, good, good stuff. So the vein and artery network involves a close net of tubes that carry blood to and from the muscles and the heart. A close, wonderful net. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Arteries carry oxygenated blood to warm swimming muscles where it's heated, the blood is. And then veins carry oxygen-depleted blood close to the counterflowing arteries. So, in other words... The heated blood in the veins transfers heat to the blood in the arteries, which sends that heat back into the muscle that produced the heat in the first place. So because this net of arteries is close together and there's something called counterflow where they're the instead of flowing together parallel, they're flowing opposite parallel. So the blood that's going and coming and going. So warm blood is leaving, transferring its heat back into the blood that's going back into the engine room, which is the muscle. So you have kind of this equilibrium uh, where blood in the arteries and veins are around the same warm temperature. Since sharks need to continually swim to respirate, the shark maintains its own heat systems. So it's this pretty like ingenious little thing because it's in an animal that's constantly using its muscles. And... The muscles are what's generating heat. That's uh, great. 
in 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 mammals it's right it's like the mitochondria right it's just meta- metabolism mm-hmm. it's the processing of fuels that's generating heat uh but what does this all have to do with speed and i'll tell you the mako shark is the fastest shark in the world they can reach speeds of up to 35 miles per hour which is 10 miles per hour faster than the speed of their fastest prey, which is tuna. That's 51 feet per second. So if you're one and a half school buses away from a Mako, uh, he could reach you and give you a kiss on the cheek in the time it takes you to say, hey, it's a Mako. <laughs> huh. Do you have... I, sh- I don't want a kiss on the cheek. From this boy. <laughs> From a toothy animal? Yeah. Uh, I do not want it to greet me with a brotherly kiss. <laughs> so here are a few reasons it wins the fastest uh, rank as the fastest shark. For one, it swims more efficiently than other sharks. If you look at similar size sharks, their bodies sway back and forth uh, so that their head counters the movement of their tail. So it's kind of this meandering thing. Mako's heads and front half remain still and straight while their powerful tails propel them forward. Their tails are also shaped in a way that you can see shark tails. Sometimes they're the, the top, the dorsal side of the tail is longer than the ventral side. Um, but in this, they're, they're kind of even. It's this crescent-shaped tail that's designed to propel them. Uh, and then... So, so this like movement helps them better take advantage of their perfectly conical aerodynamic head and body to reduce drag. So their muscles are also adapted to take in oxygen quickly, which helps them recover from bursts of speed. And then finally, their warm-blooded nature keeps their swimming muscles warm, which aids in performance. But how does warm muscle aid in performance? I know my warm muscles help my, me perform. I got to warm up. I got to stretch. That's true. You do. You have to warm up. A cold muscle can snap. I wouldn't want to sp- I wouldn't want to sprain my swimming muscles. For sure not. But and when it comes to sharks, a study in 2003 examined metabolic enzyme activity in the muscles of a variety of sharks including ectothermic and endothermic sharks like the mako and thresher. So, do you know what they found? I don't. I'll tell you what they found. Please tell me. They said, adjustment of enzyme activities in vivo red muscle and white muscle temperatures in the endothermic lamnids elevates citric synthase and lactic detrahydrinase in both tissues relative to the ectothermic sharks. You got that? Yeah, that makes sense. Dehydrogenase. Uh, they, no. sound- <laughs> they just call them lamnids. Just to make just to just to add bigger words to the sentence. <laughs> well, because they were they were talking about a n- number of different lamnids. Of course, of course. So, in other words, hot muscles are good. Hot muscles enhance enzyme activity, which helps with aerobic and anaerobic performance. It's like a Dodge Charger. It's a hot muscle, hot rod. Yeah, a hot muscle is a fast muscle. Yeah. Thanks for translating that into English for us. I feel like I had more trouble with the sentence I wrote <laughs> for some reason. But uh, I had to learn to learn this. I had to learn a lot about like anaerobic and 
aerobics and stuff like that and it ended up not really having i didn't really have to know that <laughs> well this was definitely an episode for you because i probably couldn't have made it through it oh because of the blood because of the blood <laughs> <laughs> just go back and listen to what like episode th- four or whatever where we do the the horned horned horn lizard, lizard. And the vampire bat. And you'll find out how much I just love, I love talking about this wonderful um, subject uh, and a wonderful net. Just love wonderful nets of veins and arteries. <laughs> well, that's all I got. All right. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Mako shark. Uh, very cool shark. Um I didn't realize that how how many sharks were warm blooded. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even a couple. The the, uh, the great white thresher shark. That's Well, crazy. the thresher shark was like a t- was up in the air for a while, and this study that I just talked about was like because the thresher shark seemed to have a performance very similar to the endothermic sharks, they were like maybe the the thresher shark is endothermic. And then I looked it up. Is the thresher shark endothermic? And they said yes. Did we? I hope we talked about that in the episode. We might have. But just like the thresher shark, the mako shark will use cavitation bubbles to uh, attack it to stun its prey. So it'll just go and do do a little tail tail whip to lower your defense. <laughs> um, but there have been uh, reports of you know spear fishermen swimming around with. If like a, a fish on the end of the spear and then a make will just come up and kind of like flick it off with a cavitation bubble <laughs> which is pretty crazy um, so you're less likely to get attacked by a mako shark uh, but very likely to have your dinner stolen <laughs> very true so for you out there in podcastia stay salty stay speedy and take care of your wonderful net of veins and arteries like the Mako shark here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey, LDT listeners. Thanks for listening to the end of the episode. For your loyalty, you get a shameless self-promotion from us. If you haven't already, leaving a review on your favorite podcast app can really help us grow. But telling your podcast-loving friends about us is even better. Also, don't forget to send in your measure-up intros and animal suggestions to ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. As always, thanks, most of all, for listening. Did you did you almost throw up on that? <laughs> it was a little, a little bit of a little bit of theatrics. <laughs>